Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop, bringing you the best in hybrid Scottish and American accents. Welcome to this week's show. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for taking the time out of your day or your week to listen to my ramblings. I'm going to call them ramblings. They're not ramblings. But still, I want to thank you for being part of what we're building here at The Nation. And I do get messages from people, and I got several this week, actually, from people just saying they're just so thankful to be part of The Nation and what we're, what we're out to have happen for folks here. A lot of my approach, you guys, is to keep giving you a steady stream of what I'm just going to call insight right now, like a way for you to look at your life, a philosophical perspective, something that allows you to think a little and get a little bit of wiggle room in your life that would allow you to kind of free yourself up and make whatever changes you want to make in your life. But I should add that it is a steady stream, okay? I'm out to give you a constant kind of flow of my take on what it is to be a human being, which of course includes the book. So if you haven't read all of my books, and is this selfless or shameless self-promotion? I mean, it isn't, it isn't. I would recommend you read all the books because there's different things to get. There's different pieces to this that when you put them together, you're like, oh shit, like I see how that connects to that and that and that and so on. So, no, I do. I recommend you own all the books, Unfuck Yourself, the workbook that goes with Unfuck Yourself. Stop doing that shit. And, of course, the last book that I brought out, Wise as Fuck, Simple Truths to Guide You Through the Shitstorms of Life. Yeah, I do. I fucking recommend you read all those books. And if there's people in your life that you want to make a difference with, then they're, they're a brilliant fucking gift. They really are. And, and they're kind of lighthearted when you look at the cover. People are like, oh, shit. But I'll give you the kind of brief outline in case you're worrying, well, what book should I read next? Unfuck Yourself is all about your internal dialogue and how to break some of that down and how to step out there into life and actually ways to do it. The workbook for Unfuck Yourself actually gets into specific actions you can take to break your life up. Stop doing that shit really deals with your propensity for self-sabotage and why you self-sabotage. And it's not what you think. 
It's, it's very surprising when you see your own self-sabotage later. That book is actually doing phenomenally well now. It first came out, I think people were a little, like it took their breath away by its kind of directness, like even more direct than in Fuck Yourself. But it's still just fucking amazing. And then Wise as Fuck is this collection of very simple wisdom around specific areas of life, including stuff like loss, right? Like what do we do? And when loss comes into your life. So yeah, I recommend, and love by the way, included in that book. Yeah, I fucking recommend you get yourself your own little GJB fucking collection on your shelf or on your desk or whatever you might have. it. But this week's show, I digress, I digress. This week's show is all about being triggered. If someone tells you they don't get triggered, they're a fucking liar. Everybody gets triggered. So I want to say that again. Everybody gets triggered. Now, not everybody gets triggered in the same way. But when you're triggered, generally your logic goes out the window. For all intents and purposes, your brain is completely hijacked. Now, people get triggered in different ways. Some people get very angry, right? And they do it that way. Some people get quiet and resentful, like they withhold, okay? And if you look at yourself when you're hooked, you'll see your own particular brand of it. Right? You might be somebody who's like, well, it takes a lot to get me going, but when I get going, you can't fucking stop me, right? <laughs> that might be your version of it. But I want to break down your triggers in a very simple way for you to see them. And I'm going to extend myself a little here, so I want you to really think about what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, all of your triggers are childhood-based. So some of you are like, well, no, it's my father-in-law I don't fucking like. What's that got to do with my childhood? Well, if you were a key into some of your triggers, if you were starting to look at like, well, where am I hooked in life? Where, who am I hooked with? What am I hooked about? Then you might see the connection, like the perpetual cycle of the same kind of trigger, the same kind of hook. And by the way, I came to this with, usually when I talk to people about resentment, people are very precious about their right to hold on to their resentment. Well, I mean, which is fucking fine. You can hold on to your resentment. I think you'd be a lot less inclined to do so if you told yourself the truth about the damage that it's doing. See, a lot of times when people are hooked or triggered or resentful, or whatever you want to call it, they're doing it in defense of something. So they see themselves as the defender. What they're often not seeing is that they've now become someone who does damage. By the way, there are people who are like, I don't fucking care if it does damage. After what they did to me, gom, 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 gom. So in other words, what they're saying is, oh, this person is an asshole, so now I'm going to be one. 
And as my mother used to say when I was a kid, if your friend would jump in the river, would you jump in after them? And I don't mean to save them, I mean to copy them. So your triggers are childhood-based. And if you take them apart and you start to look at like how they come up for you, the way that they arise, you'll start to notice that in the background of your thoughts, you're listening for the trigger. So what do I mean by that? I mean, in the day-to-day of your life, you are your triggers waiting to go off. And you're applying them to the situations of your life. So you apply your triggers to the situations of your life. Then you're hooked. Then off you go. Then you talk about why people are this way or people are that way and why are people always da-da-da-da-da. And that's when you start to talk about that shit like, oh, I'm a magnet for these kind of people. No, you're always getting what you're looking for. The problem is you don't realize that you're the one doing the hunting. So I've addressed this, by the way, in little bits in every book in detail and stop doing that shit. But one of my hooks, right, one of my triggers, and it's there, by the way, and I am acutely aware of it. And I've done a lot of fucking work to understand it, to unpack it, to be powerful with it, like all that stuff. It doesn't go anywhere. I'm just a lot better with it now. And when I say better with it, I don't mean like, oh yeah, there's that fucking trigger and let me just run with it. I mean, I have a lot more power to set that aside in my life. There was a time in my life when I was completely fucking run by it. It was running me. I wasn't the conscious being with a say in that. To me, it wasn't a trigger. To me, it was like, no, 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 no. This is how fucking things are. And I'm just doing what I do when faced with this kind of bullshit. What I didn't realize was that my kind of bullshit was following me around. And you should be doing the same right now. You should be thinking about your own triggers and noticing your style of getting hooked, which again, some people when they're hooked, by the way, disconnect. Like they'll just cut you out, even temporarily. They're like, no, I'm a, it's all mechanism. So mine was this constant hook when I felt as if people don't care. Right? I would see a situation, something would play out, and what would get hooked was, oh, there's this example of people don't care. Now, I wasn't always conscious of saying to myself, oh, they don't care. It was shit like, who the fuck do they think they are? Why the fuck would you do that to somebody? And on and on, right? But when I paired it all back, when I took it back to its core, I noticed that all of my upsets in certain situations were coming from this view that ultimately people don't care. They don't give a fuck. And that was a childhood upset of mine. And the darkness of my own thoughts as I was growing up and watching my life unfold in front of me. I often had this experience of like being exposed and being alone. The conclusion that I came to, and I came to it 
in a very subtle way over a period of time. And I've been left with that conclusion now. Like, that's just how it is for me. How is it for you, Gary? It's that people don't care. So my brain is wired to find evidence for that. My brain is wired to find evidence for it. And it's funny because, and you might hear a little bit of yourself in this. Over the years, when people reach out to do something for me, I'm not, or I haven't been an open vessel for that. I usually look upon it with a great deal of skepticism. Now, I'm sure a psychologist would come up with a different explanation of that, but I'm going to give you a philosophical one. In the darkness of my own subconscious, if I fundamentally believe, right, like a belief, like a core belief of mine, that people don't care, and somebody reaches out to me in a way that conflicts with that, well, of course I'd be uncomfortable because it completely goes against what's running in the background, the little machine that's running in the background of my thoughts. See, then I'd have to be skeptical of that person. Hell, maybe even cynical. Because those two things can't exist at the same time. I can't have this person demonstrating that they care while at the same time, I fundamentally believe that all people don't care. That they're only in it for themselves. That it's all about them. It starts with a simple thing like, people don't care. But if you just follow the thought patterns that would come out of that, like the branches of a tree, you can really get how somebody would make their way through life. So people don't care is a trigger of mind that's waiting to go off. Here's what else you'll notice. It's not a political trigger. So people who are triggered politically, it's not a political fucking hook you've got. That's not a political trigger. By the way, a very common one for people is, a fundamental belief of theirs is, and how it comes out of their mouth is, don't tell me what to do. But what they believe in their heart of hearts is people are trying to control you. They might have had a controlling parent, controlling sibling. There's their experience. So their brain is constantly listening for another attempting to shape them. So they'll resist it. Some of you who, I'm going to call it, (laughs) suffer from this affliction, (laughs) You'll resist something even if you know it's in your own best interests. Like you know this is a good thing for you and you're like, no, don't fucking tell me what to do. I want to come to it in my own terms. I want to make my own mind up. Don't even talk to me about doing your fucking research on Google. Shut the fuck up. Stop doing that stupid stuff. So anyway, your hooks, your triggers are based in your childhood. And I want to add this little piece. When you get down to the core of it, the language of it is simplistic. It's not sophisticated. 
It's very basic language, like the language of a young person, like the language of a eight, nine, 10, 12, like right around there, maybe even all the way up to 50. Okay. Probably starting around five or six when you first started to really articulate language and you were able to capture life and language. I mean, you had language before five or six, but by five or six, you're starting to get articulate. And that period between like five and six and 15 or so, believe it or not, is where you come to those really solid core views that you have about yourself and about other people. You're set in those things. If you're not doing the work, to uncover your own triggers. If you're just like, well, that's the way I am, or I've got an anger problem. You don't have an anger problem. You have a problem with studying yourself. And I'm going to call you out on it, and you've just been fucking lazy with it. You're tolerating it so everybody else should. Oh, I can't control myself. No, you don't understand yourself to the point of like, oh, Aha, yeah, well, shit. So it's completely incumbent upon you, and I really fucking mean this to everybody in the nation. You got to really be able to explain yourself to yourself in such a way that its grip loosens. I'll say that one more time. You need to be able to explain yourself to yourself in such a way that its grip loosens, that you're not, you're not a fucking machine. And many of you are a resentment machine. Like, oh yeah, hold on to a grudge. What the fuck? That's not a character trait. That's not a strength. That's a fucking major weakness you have. Or your anger to defend yourself. What? Pull yourself together for fuck's sake. Those aren't bringing you peace. Those aren't bringing you what you think they're bringing you. They're bringing you fucking upset and high blood pressure and disconnect and on and on and on. I did get a message from somebody this week. As you know, I get lots of fucking messages, but the message I got this week was from somebody who, they listened to the podcast episode on, you're not that aware. And in that episode, I talk about forgiveness. What is it to forgive another? And they talked to their dad for the first time in 10 years. If you're not moved by that, without fucking indulging your own upsets. I mean, that's pretty fucking radical when somebody makes that move. It's radical. It's courageous. It's vulnerable. It's stepping into the unknown. There's some kind of willingness there, big-time commitment, in fact, to create something new, which might not be a new relationship with that person, or maybe it is a new relationship, but it's a relationship where they might not talk a lot, but that something got complete, that something got settled, and I mean truly at peace with. 
working on your triggers, working on your hooks, takes you down the pathway where you start to see the damage. My brand of personal development, it's not easy. It's not, I, I don't believe in giving people in a fucking existential pacifier, which is what they want, which is why a lot of people do self-help work. They're looking for something that they can just fucking suck on it for a while and feel better. I don't work that way because you'll need the pacifier forever. I go right into the shit and dive in and start stirring up a big fucking mess. And then you work your way through it. And then you're complete. And then you're free to create the life that you want. And in that process, you'll make other messes, but now you've trained yourself how to get free of it. I mean, look, I don't, <laughs> I'm at great pains to fucking tell people this. I am not some idealistic, picture-perfect human being. I have all the same shit that other human beings have. I got the same stuff. I just have the experience that all of that stuff doesn't run me anymore to the degree that my life's going in some direction where I'm unfulfilled or unhappy or have that experience of being stuck or weighed down. Or I do not have that as a life experience anymore. Do I sometimes get hooked and triggered? Or, yeah. Fuck yeah. But that's when self-forgiveness comes in. Like I, I don't let myself off the hook for my actions, but I do forgive myself. But I'm not off the hook. I have to deal with the consequence of my actions, which usually involves other people. But one of the things that I won't do is justify myself to myself. I won't do that. I won't guilt trip myself either. Fuck that shit. I'm not going to shame myself. I don't do that stuff either. I don't blame my, oh, you're terrible. What's wrong with you? And you're a fucking loser. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, by the way, I've had those times in my life. I, I'm not fucking doing that. It's very quick, very sharp. I'm a human being. I don't always get it right, but I'm conscious enough to correct it. And then I correct it. And I correct it with myself and I correct it with other people. And then it's correct. Somebody asked me a while back, you know, how do you deal with shame? And the answer is simple. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about the thing you're ashamed of. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Write about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Write about it. Write about it. Talk about it. Until you just can't talk about it or write about it anymore. Like it's just, there's no juice in it for you anymore. Then it just, you know, there it is. That's why, look, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about abuse on this show, right? I'm free to talk about that. I have nothing going on about that. That's zero shame for me in that. There was for a while, but not now. I don't, you know, and it's not because I'm older and wiser, because I know there are people listening to this show who are supposed to be older and wiser, and they're still hanging on to childhood shame and guilt and all kinds of shit. It's got nothing to do with fucking years on the planet. It's got everything to do with your willingness to get to the source of 
these various things in your life that are running you. And then in that process, when you're at the source of it, you come to terms with it. You come to terms with that thing. Not like I'm afflicted by this thing, but this thing is here. This core experience of myself is here. And either it's running the show or I am. You ought to get that. Either it's running the show or I am. That's the question you got to ask yourself sometimes fucking 30 times a day, depending on whatever life situation you're getting yourself into. Either it, that hook, that trigger, that la la la, either it runs the show or I do. And if it runs the show and I'm going to fucking jump into bed with it, then my life is going to go in a very predictable direction. And if it does go in that direction, then it's on me. Can't fucking blame it on anybody else. I own it. But if I intervene, if I jump in there and say, you know what? This isn't consistent with how I want my life to go. And you might even ask yourself the question, well, what could I do right now that's more consistent with how I want my life to go? And sometimes it's as simple as shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. And I don't mean bury it down there. I mean, like, realize this is my hook. This is my trigger. I'm not burying this. I'm owning this. This is mine. I was about to assign my trigger to this person. I don't know what's really going on behind the scenes with them. Why not? Because I don't even know what's going on behind the fucking scenes with me. How could I be so fucking arrogant to say to another human being, oh, I know you. No, you fucking don't. No, you don't. You know them from the confines of your own head. Oh, you're a classic blah, 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 blah. You don't know that shit. Stop saying that. The more I discover about myself, in many ways, it's the less I know. I'm discovering the ways in which my subconscious self can manifest in life. Like I get surprised by like, oh fuck, that's that right there. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't quite feel like that, but that's what that is. All right. We're going to go on a short break. As usual, by the way, if you want to participate in the show, you know this. Send me an email, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. You can call me, 646-450-3203. Or you can jump in on the website, unfucknation.com. There's a little field there. You can put your name in. You can put in your question or your comment. And again, I do want to hear from you, like, for future shows, what you want me to talk about. I mean, I could just keep fucking talking, but I want to talk to you and what you're dealing with and make a difference with you. So you can do that. And also, as you might have heard in previous episodes, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Rate the show wherever you get your podcast. So give me whatever stars you think the show merits, okay? Obviously, I love fucking five stars, okay? Makes us look good. Everybody loves to look good. But if you could, even a couple of lines review. That would be you kind of giving back to the nation and promoting the show and making the show more popular and making a bigger difference for more people. All right, we're going to take a little break here. Be back in a minute. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the show. I got a fucking great question from a nation this week. I'll be honest. I'll lay my cards on the table here. I'm currently editing the new relationship book that I'm working on. The editing process is a bit of a pain in the arse, actually, to be honest with you. It's not my favorite part. Well, sometimes it depends, but certainly when I first start doing it, I'm like, oh, fucking edits. But anytime I see a question about relationships, I'm kind of like all over it because I'm working on this book right now. So. My relationship radar's going off. So anyway, this week's message is from Leslie. And Leslie says, hi, Gary. I want to pick your mind about a current situation I have going on. My fiancé and I have put each other through some tough shit the past two years. He has lied, manipulated, and gaslighted me on multiple occasions. And I have in turn treated him like shit with a lack of trust and compassion. Seems to be a vicious cycle. We are at the point of no return. In reading your books, this is a good thing. Either way, we won't be stuck in that place anymore. We both want to stick it out and unfuck our relationship. We decided to dive into your books, podcasts, and workbooks alongside of each other because we both know we have our individual journeys to work through for ourselves in hopes that we will be the best for each other and our six children. So I have two questions with this. One is more for myself. What can I do when I don't believe what he's telling me? Is there a process I can go through to break up the bad habits of the past and push through so I can have peace with just believing him? Also, what can you recommend for a couple that wants to make it work for themselves, their relationship, future, and family? And then she goes on to say how she's just hard at work and doing things and she's got a big commitment and da, 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 da. Okay, so I'm going to break this down. All right, Leslie, you got to listen. Everybody else who's in some kind of shitty relationship or a relationship that certainly isn't going the way you would like it to go or maybe you're even single right now, this might be a good way for you to pick through some of your previous relationships to empower you moving forward. So Leslie, the first good thing here, right? And it's a positive thing is you both have a commitment. Okay. So you're both committed to this thing working out. And that should be at the forefront of everything you're doing. Okay. So for both of you, your commitment to your family and each other is the context. So every, every time you read a book, every time you listen to a podcast, every conversation you're having about things that traditionally you might have found difficult, the context for all of it 
the spine for this thing or the foundation for this thing, the backdrop, the scenery, the landscape, whatever you want to fuck, however you want to picture this in your mind. What this is really all about is that you both have come to this place where you realize you're committed. We're committed. Often that's the first place that a couple struggles to get to. They struggle to get to the commitment. The minute your situation is bigger than your commitment, you got a problem. And that is common in relationships. The situation becomes bigger than the commitment. The main reason why the situation becomes bigger than the commitment is because over time, the commitment has been becoming diminished. So you're, you're less and less likely to express yourself in a way that's consistent with the commitment. As usual, I'll say that two times. Over time, you're becoming less and less reliable for expressing the commitment. What's the commitment? The commitment's what you walked into the relationship with. So it's this ever-decreasing circle of commitment to this thing called a relationship. You notice I'm not saying commitment to that person, which is part of it, but that's not what it's about. And that's why a lot of times we get fucked up because we're looking at the other person and their behavior and saying, well, why the fuck should I do that? Because it's based in this idea that I'm doing this to you or for you. And whatever I'm doing for the other person is really only a demonstration of my commitment to this relationship. This kind of being related to another. My actions are a demonstration of my relatedness to you. I like where you're both going, Leslie. I like that you're both doing work on yourself. I like that you're both like inquiring and looking because like we talked about in the first part of the show, most of your relationship upsets stem from your relationship upsets with your parents. They're the same kind of upsets. You've got a thing about trust, Leslie. I'm willing to put my cards on the fucking table here and fucking throw all my coins down and say, look, which parent? Which one did you feel like you couldn't trust or couldn't rely on or let you down? How long have you been blaming them for that? In the back of your mind, how did they fuck you up? So that pattern of thought, those automatics in the back of your mind, yeah, they're playing out in your relationship. Here they are. The experience, that emotional state, that kind of loss of control, that loss of like the predictable, that loss of security, safety. What I need you to understand is when relationships come apart, it's invariably over a period of time and it's invariably over some incompletions from your own childhood now manifesting as an adult. Now that doesn't, oh, well, I had a fucking shitty childhood because it's not always people who have had a shitty childhood. It's just whatever they picked up from that childhood that's burrowing around in the back of their thoughts. Doesn't mean you had a shitty childhood. What did you take away from that childhood that's now playing out here? That's all. It's not all like, fucking tragedy. And sometimes it is. It's not all fucking abuse, and, but sometimes it is. And it's sometimes not always obvious, but it's there. 
what did you take away from that that's no playing out here? He's doing the same. The exact same as you. So I made an assumption there. I'm not even sure if your fiance is a he. I'm guessing. All right. My conditioning there. So anyway, your fiance is doing what they're doing based on whatever they took out of their own childhood. Has that person lied to you in the past? Well, it seems by your email, yeah, they have. Have they manipulated you? Yeah, but everybody's in a constant state of manipulation. So that one, okay. Everybody's trying to organize life in a way that works out for them. So they change their conversations and they're changing. So in order to do that, there's certain things they'll withhold. By withholding, I mean the shit they're not saying. Withholding isn't lying, it's withholding, right? Lying is when I say something that happened that actually didn't happen. So it includes a withhold, but it's not lying. So the withhold is, I'm going to hold this back. I'm not going to say what happened. Many of you are living with significant withholds in your relationship and pretending you can get away with it. You can't. And many of you are lying to cover your withhold. You guys get that? All right, now I'm going to give you the last piece here, which is as you're withholding and lying, you can't be your authentic self. You can only be a version of yourself. So there you are in your relationship, withholding and lying. And in those moments in your relationship, when you're reminded of whatever you're withholding or lying about, you get a little smaller. You shrink. You even feel yourself going that way. Like you get kind of shielded. So I'm going to give you a couple of recommendations here, Leslie. First of all, you're on a fucking brilliant pathway. I love what you're both doing and I commend you both. Okay. I like that you're looking at yourself and saying, okay, what do I do when I get myself into these spots? When you get yourself into those spots aligned, you remind yourself of your commitment. Okay. You can't, most people are looking for evidence to trust another. No, you trust someone until it's no longer appropriate. Period. I trust you until it's no longer appropriate. In a relationship, they're relying on you to be a certain way and you're relying on them to be a certain way, but ultimately all you can do is bring yourself to the table and your fullest, most expressive self. A relationship is that you're counting on that they're going to do the same, but I would tell you right now, there's no guarantee they're going to do that. So you have to kind of say to your partner, and he has to say, or she has to say it to you, they have to say, these are my deal breakers. If this happens, it doesn't mean the deal's broken. It means I'm going to retreat and I'm going to really reconsider whether this is for me. And so that there's a kind of gravity to it. Like, it's not a threat. When or if this relationship goes into that kind of zone, my commitment is no longer there as something for you to rely on. You can't rely on my commitment anymore. Because you don't know what you're going to do in that situation, Leslie. You really don't. People say, you know, if this happens or that happens in my relationship, I'm out. You don't fucking know that until you're in there. But there are certain things, and you should have these conversations. You'd be able to just get them on the table, and they're not there to be negotiated over. It really is like, this is what's so. If this relationship goes into this kind of zone, 
you can't rely on my commitment anymore. And there's a chance that I might completely withdraw that commitment and we're done. And that's how that goes. So the commitment has to be at the front, definitely for you. It really helps when it's there for him too. And if it is there for your partner, then that's awesome. And you both need to remind yourself of that commitment. And you both got to get clear about what that commitment is. Like, are you committing to love this person? Are you saying, no, my commitment is to, is to be a space for this person to be themselves. My commitment is that this relationship flourishes. My commitment is that this relationship is a passionate one. It works out to kind of get clear about what your commitment is there. But the commitment should be bigger than anything right now as you're working your way through a lot of these spaces. In terms of that, I want to go back a little second to that trigger of yours. I want you to really take some time to write down the automatic thoughts you have whenever you're confronted by that trigger. And so you'll have to kind of put yourself there a little bit as you're writing it down. Like when you're looking at that person, what are you saying to yourself? What are the thoughts? So that's the first thing you got to write down. What are the thoughts? And they're automatic. I want you to write down what's the emotional state you're in. Is it anger? Is it panic? Right? I want you to really look. And then I also want you to write down the, what's going on in your body. Like, is it in your tummy or in your chest? Or I want you to really write all that down too. When you have all that there for yourself, like set out in front of yourself, you'll actually be able to see the points in your childhood when you felt that way and thought that way. You'll see it. It'll be very plain, very obvious. It's not sophisticated. It's not complicated. It's very simple. You'll see it. That experience of yourself is what you're out to master. So that's one way you could be. But what's another way you could be in those moments? What's another way you could express yourself in those moments? And it might be something as simple as, I'm not reliable for my emotions right now. I need 10 minutes. Or I need 30 minutes. Because, you know, I'm hooked. But we will talk about this, but I'm just hooked right now. It's not good. Or I might say, I'm hooked right now, but I'm committed to loving you. And I'm committed to this relationship being an amazing one. So I'm willing to listen. And being free to say, I'm having that experience, but I don't believe you. That's where I'm at right now. It's okay to be there. Now, if it becomes obvious, and it always does, by the way, you can't hold a beach ball under the water forever. The lies manifest. The withholds manifest. You'll have problems in other areas of your life. It's not a singular thing. It's an illusion to think. People love to think they can compartmentalize themselves in their life. You can't. So, as this shit manifests, as it comes up in your life, on this one hand, I'm saying, I love where you're at, Leslie. And if there ever came a time where it's not working, then you have to have the courage to do the thing that's consistent with what you're committed to for yourself in your life. Right? So you got this big commitment to this relationship, and that's awesome. 
And by the way, I will say this, you can split up with somebody and have a big commitment to them and have a commitment to your children if there are any. And it's clear it doesn't work for you all to live together. Like families can work even when they're not together. And they can totally work. People do what they do. Sometimes it's really fucking shitty. Yeah, that's right. But they're still human beings. As are you. The last piece I want to put in here, Leslie, about the work you're doing. I love the work you're doing. It's always unfolding. It's always presenting itself. That should be now part of your process and being in a relationship with each other. That you're maintaining. So you're doing work, whether you do courses together or read books together or talk about certain subjects together that are about growth and development for yourselves. It's got to be part of the environment that you're in now. You can't just like, oh, we're in a better place now, so on we go. Uh-uh. No, it's like changing your oil or getting your car serviced or whatever. You got to maintain. It'll just be a really healthy environment for you both, an opportunity for you to both grow and see new things about yourself. And remember, everything you're discovering about yourself, anything new you might discover, if you've got your partner in mind as you're discovering that, that's not a discovery. You're just, you're out to find out about you and how you work, no matter how tempting it is to try and work them out. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. We had a longer show this week, but you know, you deserve it. You're awesome. As usual, write, review, subscribe. If you want to check out our t-shirts or our fucking hoodies, you can go to the unfuckstore.com. And I'm getting lots of pictures from people, by the way, which is really cool as they're moving around this earth as part of the nation with their unfucked nation t-shirt and the hoodies have been going like crazy actually so i might have to come up with a different batch there all right you guys have a great fucking week hold yourself to a higher standard and i'll see you on the flip side Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.